Hi, this is Felix Chimeranyika, lead pastor of Kairos Christian Center in Lelonga, Malawi. I am happy that you have joined us for the Kairos Lelonga podcast, and I believe God is going to inspire you and break you through into your kingdom destiny as you hear the word unpacked. This is your Kairos moment, God's appointed season for your kingdom breakthrough. happen to us because we are not walking in obedience to God. And what do you do when you get yourself in that situation? When you find out that the trouble that you're in it's because you have disobeyed God. When you found out that you are in the belly of the fish and that God has set you in the belly of the fish. Well, there are things that we should know because when we know those things, we'll be able to act on those things. Jesus says, as a man thinks, so he is. In other words, the things that we think are the things that we do. So we should know what we should do we should know so that we should do so that when we are caught up in the belly of the fish we will know exactly what is happening and what we should do. There are four things to know when you are in the belly of the fish. Four things to know that will help you to get out of the belly of the fish that God has set over you. First of all, you should know that God controls. In other words, God is in charge. God is in charge of your circumstances. And God is in charge of the period of your circumstances. Verse number 17 of chapter number 1. And the Lord appointed a fish to swallow up Jonah. Notice it was God's idea. That this, this prophet that was supposed to go to Nineveh. 850 miles east of, uh, of Israel. But now, was go- but now was going to Tashish. The furthest city on the western side. The prophet that had disobeyed God. God decided that what he's going to do is he was going to stop this prophet from doing what he had thought that he should do. And so if you read chapter number one, you hear how Jonah bought a fare to go all the way to Tashish. But in the midst of the sea, God had brought a wind on the sea. So that there was a tempest. And it was all because of Jonah. Finally, they threw Jonah out. 
Because that was the way of stopping God from breaking that boat. And so when they threw him out, that's when the fish came. Now I'm sure Jonah thought that that was the end of him. Jonah thought, I am now dead. You throw me into the seas. That are tumultuous like this, that are so so um, tempestuous. Obviously, I'm not going to survive. And that's exactly that's exactly where God wanted him to be. And so he they throw they, they throw him in there. But God had appointed a fish. Listen, it's up to God. Whether he's going to put a fish there or not. In fact, he says he appointed a fish. He, he called a fish. Come and swallow a prophet. The prophet is going deeper today. He's going deeper into the sea today. And so you're going to have an anointed catch today. And it was up to God to use a fish to use whatever means to bring about his purposes. See, when God is disciplining somebody, he, he, he doesn't do it the way that you like it or you want it to be. I hear some people say, but you know, he shouldn't have rebuked me like that. Ah, rebuke is not supposed to be liked. I mean, have you ever liked a rebuke? Oh, I just love the way that you rebuke me. Thank you, Jesus, for rebuking me like that. No. If you've been in leadership long enough, you find somebody that will tell you, you, you didn't have to talk to me like that. In other you didn't have to rebuke me like that. I, I, I didn't like the way you rebuked me. Friend, wake up. A rebuke is not something you like. And so here Jonah can say, the way you're going to deal with me, it is going to be like this. Uh -uh. God sets up the circumstances in that belly of the fish where you're in. You are not meant to like it. Hallelujah. Amen. You are not meant to like it. That's, That's why it's the belly of the fish. It's the belly of the fish because it's supposed to be ugly. You shouldn't like it. So God appoints the fish and God sets the circumstances. Now other people have said, is this really true? That there can actually be a fish so big it can swallow somebody and that person can be in there for three days and three nights. 
Well, we are told that a sperm whale, a big whale, sperm whale, that it's so big that it has been known that it has you know, swallowed up human beings. And there have been instances where it throws up, it has, that they have thrown up human beings after some time. But they recorded historical instances when those things have happened. And it is also said that when the human body is in a cold temperature, it does not use up as much oxygen. And so that it is possible that somebody can stay a long while in a cold temperature and within a whale. So is what happened here a natural thing that happened? Or is it something that is supernatural? No, no, this is a supernatural. God controls. It's God you should be worried about. It's not the people in your situation. Oh, sometimes we think of people, isn't it? The people at my office, they hate me. The people in my classroom, they, they are giving me trouble. <laughs> if it's the belly of the fish, it's God's idea and God's working. Don't worry about the people. But isn't that what we usually are about? When something bad happens to us, we're thinking who has brought this bad thing on us? Who is the cause of this bad thing? And our attention becomes that person. Friend, listen. You're missing the whole point. God allowed it. God allowed it. Use that person. He used that person. That person is just a fish. Tell your neighbor. That person is just a fish. Appointed by God. So don't be a hater. Tell him, don't be a hater. God controls, you should know that. And then number two, God is on call. He's on call. So there are days that Dr. Gary Maconyola is on call. She's not exactly at the hospital. You know, she may get a call. Oh, there's an emergency here, you should come. Or something that needs your attention, come. Then I also say to you that God is on call for those that are in the belly of the fish. Fact, God is just waiting for them to call on him. Watch verse number two. Or is it verse number one of chapter number two? Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God 
from the belly of the fish. So watch what happens here. Jonah prays to God. Jonah realizes that the situation I find myself it's only God that can change my situation. Oh friend, when you are in the belly of the fish and you understand it's not just about the fish and you understand that there's somebody who appointed a fish to come and swallow you. You are on the way to the solution of your problem. Because now you start calling on the one who sent the fish. Tell your neighbor, stop bothering the fish. Your beef is not with the fish. Your beef is the one who appointed the fish. And so he realizes I got a call. I have to pray. And so he prays to God. And he's doing this in the belly of the fish. No, no, no. He doesn't way to get out of the belly yeah, of the fish. He's within the belly of the fish. Yeah, Have you heard some people? You ask them, so why didn't you come to church on Sunday? Oh, things are not working out for me. You know, so and so did this to me. Oh, they did that to me. And they mention all the fish. But they don't know that when they're in the belly of the fish, that's when they call out to God. Look, my friend, when things are not working out, that's the time to be in church. When things are not working out, that's the time to show up in church. When your marriage isn't working, that's the time to come to church. When the business has no customers, that's the time to be coming to church. When the school fees is not available, that's the time to come to church. It was in the belly of the beast that he called out to God. That he was praying to God. Watch verse number two. He says, I called out to the Lord out of my distress and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried. And you heard my voice. So notice what happens in the belly of the fish. Oh, I tell you, the belly of the fish is a place that makes you spiritual. Eh? If you not praying before, if you are too busy to pray, oh, when you come into the belly of the fish, there is something that makes you to cry out to God, to call to God, to cry to God. Because my friend, the belly of the fish is not really a nice place. That fish has eaten things. 
That thing, that, that fish has things that it has not yet digested. I you're not used to. A you don't like. A which brings you at the point. That says, no, 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 no. I, I, I need the person that's in charge of it. Have you ever, have you ever gone to a shop? Or maybe gone to a hotel or something? And you felt ripped off after you paid your money. And you tried to talk to the teller or the waiter and you feel like, no, this is not fair. Next thing that you should do with a loud voice May I see your supervisor? Because now, when you said, May I see your supervisor? That person will bring the boss. And the boss is the one. Okay, we'll refund you your money. And this is where, where Jonah has come to. Where Jonah realizes it's not just the fish. I need to call the one that appointed the fish. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The anointing is heavy in this place. Mics are just popping off. But here's what I want you to watch. The text says that he called out. The text says that he cried out. Sure, it's a poem. And basically similar ideas. But you can see the intensification there. Calling. Crying. Or when you're in the belly of the fish. Trouble has a way of making you pray. Some of you have never prayed like when you're in trouble. Many years ago. When I was a new Christian, with my grandmother in Kawali, I rise early in the morning and go and, and pray. And so it was quite early, so I needed to put on the lights. They're going out there to pray. It just came this time. And this is before the ESCO blackouts now. And I'm getting there. Immediately I start praying. Boom, there's darkness, electricity. And you know darkness. And so I started praying fervently. Happened like a couple of times. Almost like two days, three days in a row. I went to my past, the past. I'm praying. And then the lights go out. And then I sense this darkness. Like there's something there. Like there's something there. What do you think that's all about? And wisely he said. Brother. Mbale. The Lord is trying to lift up your prayer life. Do you know it's in the times that we're scared? In the belly of the fish? Those are the times we pray more? You move from just praying 
calling out, to crying out, because you realize, hey, hey, I can't do this by myself. In the belly of the fish, my friend, it's the time to pray. And God hears prayer. And God answers prayer. Wasn't it Jesus who said, Ask. And you shall receive. Seek. In case ask didn't work. Seek. And you shall find. And just in case seeking didn't work. Knock. Go, go and the door shall open. And then here's the assurance. For anyone who asks. Receives. Anyone who seeks. Finds. Anyone who knocks. The door shall open. It's time to call on God my friend. It's time to seek help from God. You don't have to be in the belly of the fish. Cry out to God that he would answer you. Your problem doesn't need to continue like that. When there is a God in heaven who says call unto me and I will answer you. Mimba mamsomba. You should know God controls. Muzindikire kuti mulungu amalamulira. You should know he's in charge. Muzira muzindikire kuti mulungu akulamulira. The belly of the fish. Mimba mamsomba. You should know God is on call. Muzidziwa kuti mulungu akuyembekeza. The belly of the fish. Mimba mamsomba. You should know God cast down. Muzidzo kuti mulungu amatsitsa. He cast down, he throws down. Amagwetsa. And definitely this is the experience of Jonah. Watch verse number three. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. Now, please understand this. With a Jewish background, the mindset of, 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 of a Jew at this point in time, they understood the waters or the seas or the deep to be a place of chaos. And so things like monsters like Leviathan would be coming from the deep. And so when Genesis 1 says that the, the earth was without form and that it was void in that understanding it makes sense because, because there are all these demons that are bringing all this chaos there are all these sea monsters and so when God said, let there be such such a thing, and then there is order in the waters, 
the understanding is this. God is so powerful that he is in charge over the seas and over the monster demons that are in the seas. And so for Jonah to be thrown into the deep, it's like he's almost thrown to the enemy. Do you know God allows the enemy at times to come into our lives and mess us up? Remember the man called Paul, the apostle? He says God allowed an agent. In fact, God sent an agent of Satan to be a thorn in his flesh. And he prayed to God that God would remove that thorn in the flesh. He prayed first time God said no. Right, second time God said no. Right, third time God said no. And God actually said, My power is made perfect in weakness. So please understand God will allow that trouble will come your way. God can cast you down into the deep because he has a purpose in all that. So he casts him into the deep. And then watch. He says, all your waves and your billows passed over me. So you gave me over to the enemy. As if that wasn't bad enough. Waves and billows came from you. And they came upon me. Wow. Hey. <laughs> this God of trouble. We've never heard that, eh? Jehovah trouble. It says Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah this. But never Jehovah the, the troubler. He's bringing trouble here. Watch. He says, verse number four. Verse number then four. I said, I'm driven away from your sight. Yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. Watch what God does. Drives him away from his sight. You know, God comes at a point that he, he also becomes expensive. Eh? He, he, he becomes hard to get. So, just like God had told Jonah, Jonah, listen up. I want you to go to Nineveh. And I want you to go and preach there. And so that their evil has come before me. So that they can and Jonah was too expensive for God. He played it hard to get for God. You know the way when somebody plays hard to get, guys. Guys. Guys, you know when she's playing hard to get. And so now this is God's payback time. So you, you call it to me. 
You're not going to experience me. So there you were at college and you were praying and worshiping. And you felt the presence of God upon you. Tears will come streaming down. And you'll just be discharged upon your body and you felt that anointing. And you feel, oh wow, God is in this place. In the belly of the fish, you look for it, you won't find it. Because God has stepped away from you. You away from those that are disobedient to you. And in verse number five, we're told, the waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head. At the roots of the mountains, I went down to the land. Whose bars closed upon me forever. So watch. How God is acting so hard to get. And lets this person come to the point of death. Sometimes. God allows us to go through so much trouble. And that we end up hanging on a little thread. And friend, he's doing all that so that you can come at a point of learning. Do you know some of us learn the hard way? So here's Eight-month-old baby. And they're in that touching phase. You have a phone, they grab. You have a pen, they grab. You have this, they grab. And it goes into the mouth. eh? Grab, 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 grab. And then there's fire. And then you say, no, fire, don't touch. And so the foolish eight-month-old, thinking that everything belongs to them, stretches out the hand, gets burnt. And you say, moto, fire. And then they learn. That's moto. In fact, one of the first vocabularies we learn in Chichewa, I think, is moto. Because after it has burnt you, hey, you will never forget that lesson. Whenever you are told moto, you push your hand behind. You may, you may even take two steps behind because you moto. And so you have learned your lesson. Listen, the casting down of God. The walking away from God. Is so that you can learn. 
Verse number five. Verse number five. I have chapter twelve, verse number five. And he says, "And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons?" My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord. No be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves. And chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us. And we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time. As it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good. That we may share his holiness. Now listen to this. For the moment all discipline seems painful. Rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Listen, the belly of the fish is actually a place of discipline. In fact, we can say it's a place of love. The, The discipline of God is coming. Because God is saying, you are my child. And I'm not going to treat you like an illegitimate child. And so I'm disciplining you so that you can partake of my holiness. You know there are some things you will never do. 
Because in the belly of the fish, you should know that God is in control. In the belly of the fish, God casts down. And finally, in the belly of the fish, you know that God cares. In all this, it's about caring. It's about his love for us. Look at, at the end, look at the at the end of verse number six. It says, Yet you brought you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. I mean, there, there are all these bad things happening to me. Yet you brought me out of the pit. Look at verse number two right at the end. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried. And you heard my voice. I mean, he is there. He cares. Look at the end of verse number four. Look at verse number four. Then I said, I'm driven away from your sight. Yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. So in the midst of all this, there is hope. There's hope that God is going to do something about it. And notice how Jonah is saying, Oh Lord, my God. He's not just saying the Lord. He's saying, oh Lord, my God. Listen, in the belly of the fish, that's where you learn to have a personal relationship with him. That's where where you come to know him. Because before this, in his rebellion, in his running away to Tashish, it was not about my God. It's God, not my God. And so we see that God's care is experienced even within the belly of the fish. We can even say that there is grace. That there is grace in this whole thing. Because God is bringing him out of the pitfall. But see, this grace should not be taken for granted. In other words, it's not an automatic grace. It's something that we respond to as well. And so watch how Jonah responds in verse number seven. When my life was fainting away, 
I remember the Lord. And my prayer came to you into your holy temple. So notice, his life is fainting away, but he's the one that remembers. And he remembers and prays. See, unless you have come to the end of the road for yourself, and you realize the danger that you're in. You are, not, you are not going to turn around to God. You see, we need to learn to, learn to leave people to get to the bottom of the deep. When we allow them to get to the bottom of the deep, they will see how far they have fallen. And they will want to change for themselves. Do you know sometimes we want people to change for us or we want we want them to change for us. In, in other words, the person hasn't really felt that I need to change. They, they, don't see, they don't see how their situation is dragging them down. And so we want to step in. And to be the person that helps them to see that no, you're going down. Unless they feel they're going down, Unless they have actually come down, there won't be permanent change. There will not be permanent change. And there are many of us whose help is cruel to them. Because instead of Letting them sink to the ground. To the Where they can realize the situation that they're in. The danger that they're in. We are busy helping them to find comfort at this level where they will never realize that my life is fainting within me. And don't waste your time with somebody who is not convinced they're in trouble. I know it sounds cruel. But don't waste your time with somebody who does not realize they have hit rock bottom. Remember the parable of the prodigal son? Do you know the father could have gone looking for the son? And the father probably had the resources to find the son. But what would have happened if he found his son? The son would have gone right back. So the son needed to get to the bottom of the dungeon to come to his senses. And it was when he was feeding pigs and eating with pigs that he came to his senses. And he's the one that took the initiative. To say, no, I'm going to return to my father.
please, don't short circuit what God is doing in some people. Let them be. Let them come to the logical conclusion of what they're doing. And I assure you, there'll come a point. Mm, this is not the way I should leave. <laughs> because when you don't take initiative, Nobody can take initiative for you. Oh yeah, we'll pray for them. We'll mention them in our prayers. But one thing we know, and in their heart of hearts, they make that decision, they're not going to change. No, pastor, it's demonic. You are lying, it's not demonic. A demon only comes in when you allow it to come in. A curse is not without a Somebody must have allowed it in. And the person that allowed it in is the person that's getting drunk themselves. And so the root of the matter is that person. Why am I saying this so much? Because now, with our Pentecostalization of Christianity, everything is demonic. I pray for this one, it's demonic. No. At what point do they want to change? If they don't want to change, then it's a waste of time for me to be praying for them. They should come at a point that they say, yes, I am tired of this, I'm tired of this thing. At least I'm trying to change. Then we can start praying. So Jonah comes at a point of initiative of taking responsibility for his situation. And when that happens, that's when now he starts speaking of God in very glowing terms. So watch verse number 8. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. Now was he worshipping idols? Did he have some idols somewhere in that boat that we're told of that he was worshipping? No, he didn't have an idol that was carved. He had a more sophisticated idol. An idol so deceptive that you can't even see. Because an idol it's anything that takes the place of God. It's anything that you regard first before God. And so he had come at a point, this Jonah, God telling him to go to Nineveh, no, no, he didn't want that. He wanted to do his own thing. He's wanting to do his own thing. Made him to have another God. And that God was pleasing himself. A very deceitful God. God made Jonah in his image. And Jonah returned the favor. He made God in his own image. He made himself God. 
Making more money has become a God so that we will do anything that's going to give us money even to the point of disobeying God. Jonah has come at a point of knowing that God's steadfast love is not for covenant breakers and idol worshippers. And so he says, he says, those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. So this steadfast love is a word that we, we, we have a hard time Translating in the English. It's the word chesed. 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 Is love that springs out of covenant. It's the love that God has for his people. It's an unconditional love. It's not love because of. It's love in spite of. So many times you see Israel failing to meet the standard of God. But because of God's steadfast love, because of his chesed, God still comes back to Israel. And so he says those that run after idols, they are not going to experience this chesed, this covenant love. Those that give up on God. Those that do not learn in their troubles. When they're in the midst of the belly of the fish. Those that don't learn to turn to God to forget all the things they've been trusting in. Will not experience God's steadfast. See, this whole thing is about grace. It's about the love of God. The reason that he's in the belly of the fish is because God loves him so much. And God wants him to get into his destiny. If God didn't love him, 
Oh, God loves me. Has his situation changed? No. No, no, no. He's still in the belly of the fish. Still, things are still not working out for him. He still has not had customers for a whole week. He, she has still not been married for 20 years. But in the midst of all that, she says God is good. And God is worthy to be praised. Friend, listen up. True praise is praise that is within the belly of the fish. Anybody who gets their breakthrough can praise. But true praise is praise that you are still within your trouble. You still have no money. Your marriage is still not working out. Your future is still very, very shaky. You can still say, God, you are worthy to be praised. And that's where Jonah has gotten to. So he says in verse number nine, oh, but I with the voice of thanksgiving will sacrifice to you. Excuse me, Jonah. Are you out of the fish? No, I'm still here. Jonah, but you're, you're, you're in trouble. Uh, my trouble doesn't define me. My situation doesn't define me. The hardships that I'm going through, they're, they're not what I am about. No, friend. We don't go according to the things around us. No, no, we know who we are. We know what he has done in us. And because of that, we worship him. We're not waiting to get the money to worship him. We're not waiting for the breakthrough to worship him. And so Jonah says, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. Excuse me? I thought sacrifice, you bring an animal, cut it up, you offer it before God. Uh -uh. There's, you are sacrificing something and then there is the sacrifice of yourself. Hallelujah. Amen. The sacrifice of yourself, you sacrificing yourself. The fruit of your lips. Where the author of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter number 13. That we should offer up spiritual worship. The fruit of our lips. Friend, listen. 
These are not useless things that we're doing. God is basically saying, so you have brought yourself. And will you give me yourself? Or are you busy thinking what your neighbor thinks? Are you busy scared of what that other person may think about you? Have you not come to sacrifice yourself in worship? To sacrifice yourself in thanksgiving. Friend, this is called the thanksgiving psalm. Where God has brought some victory to a person. And so the person is celebrating God. This is the stuff that true worship is made of. And so he finally shouts. Salvation belongs to the Lord. This man. Christ God. Thanks God. Before even his salvation comes. No wonder verse number 10. No wonder verse number 10. God speaks to that fish. What's fish language? I don't know. But the creator has language that you know, decodes every other language and communication. And so fish decides. Out comes Jonah. Stinking. He must have been stinking. Don't you think so? Stinking. Oh, man. What did that, that, that whale eat? And then he's coming out jumping. Hallelujah. Jonah. It stinks. What are you celebrating? No, no. You don't know what God has done for me. He has taken me out. Of the belly. Listen, he can take you out from the belly. Thank you for listening to the Kairos Lolongwe podcast. I trust you've been blessed. Please do us a favor and share this podcast with friends on Facebook, Twitter, WhatsApp, and whatever social media you're on. May the Lord break you through into your kingdom destiny. Blessings.